Hi, this is Garner Hathaway from the Between Two Blue Lines podcast. Caps fans, don't forget to catch your second favorite podcast, Caps This Morning, weekday mornings on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you go for your podcasts. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. Caps continuing their homestand tomorrow as the two-time defending champs come to town. Carrying over the feel-good vibes into the weekend. And J.J. Reagan from NBC Sports Washington will join us. Good morning, everybody. It is Friday, October 15th. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. Been a whole lot to feel good about with the Caps and the Rangers on Wednesday night. Caps winning by a 5-1 final. We talked yesterday about all the good things that happen now. As you get into maybe a tougher opponent, these next two with Tampa Bay tomorrow, Colorado on Tuesday, you want to keep those good vibes going and try to turn this into a real strong start. It doesn't get any easier from here, that's for sure. But to your point, carry some of those positive vibes from Wednesday night against the New York Rangers and at least for the Capitals' sake, a couple of days off to, to feel good about themselves as opposed to the alternative, but certainly a stiff test coming up here with the Tampa Bay Lightning, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. Again, we referenced the other day, we haven't seen them since they won, not one, but two Stanley Cups given the rarity of the schedule last season, so certainly they'll have their hands full of high-octane offense, just as the Rangers wanted to stay out of the box against the Capitals' power play. Tampa Bay coming to town with one of the best power plays in the league over the past several seasons as well. Top-notch goaltending with Andre Vasilevsky. You can go down that list. There's a reason they won two Stanley Cups in a row, but certainly a very stiff challenge and they won't get any easier early next week with the Avalanche in town. The Lightning, a team that won two Stanley Cups in less than a calendar year, which that's very difficult to do, and there's no question that when you play that much hockey in a short amount of time, I'm thinking back to Pittsburgh in 2018 where they had won the two previous years. You play so much hockey in such a short period of time. Yeah, the circumstances were different, but what wasn't different was the number of games you had to play to win. You did that in the bubble, then they did it last year again, and now you've got this gigantic target on your back. Tampa Bay is going to have a difficult time this year. They're still a very good hockey team. You still can't take penalties against them. We'll talk about their change in forwards here in a minute, but just big picture with this team, every single night, they're coming for you, kind of like the Caps in 2018-19. It's like, oh, the champs are in town. Everybody's always fired up. Now you got that two times over, and that's something they're going to be fending off here for the next 80 games. And I thought about that the other night in their season openers. They have the banner-raising night at Amelie Arena, all the pregame pomp and circumstance. The shorthanded Pittsburgh Penguins are visiting. No Malkin, no Crosby, no Gensel, and they were certainly ready to go. They were revved up to face Tampa Bay, and I imagine again now the Capitals will have their opportunity the first time facing the two-time defending cup champions. They only played seven teams last year during the regular season, the Lightning. This is the first time around the league around the circuit that they'll have that target on the back that you reference. They have to be up for it all 82 games because certainly the opposition will be starting with the Capitals here coming up tomorrow night. It's interesting because I don't know that last year there was the Stanley Cup hangover narrative. Sure, it was a quick turnaround in terms of time, but everything that comes with winning the Stanley Cup. I remember years ago, Dan Bilesma said, you got to remind yourself it's not a victory tour, but this year, Tampa Bay, they're going to go through the victory tour. Every city they go into, it's the defending Stanley Cup champions. They go up to Canada this year, which they didn't do a whole lot of last season. It's the defending Stanley Cup champions. They're going to have a target on their back to win three in a row to be the first team to do it since the Islanders in the early 80s. That's going to be an uphill
uphill climb for sure. There's no doubt. And when we talk about the same number of games, talk about playoff games, obviously a shortened season last year, but still a condensed schedule and now trying to do it for a third straight time. And Ben, they're also trying to do it with a cast of characters that's changed quite a bit in the forward area. They hadn't really been able to face all of the salary cap issues that they knew were coming because of what they did with Kucherov last year. It was fraud. I mean, it was, but it's legal, but okay, so you don't have him all year, shorten year, and then you get him back for the playoffs. But that wasn't an option this past summer. Yanni Gord, he's gone to Seattle, lost him in expansion. We've already seen Barkley Goodrow with the Rangers. He was here on Wednesday. Blake Coleman's moved on to Calgary. This forward group is still finding their way. They've got some pieces that they're trying out in different roles. Ross Colton's probably going to take on even more after a terrific postseason run that he had after coming up from Syracuse last year. But this is a forward core when you get beyond the stars they're not without their questions no and with with those depth players I call them depth players arguably one of the best third lines in the NHL last season over the past couple of years really since the trade deadline going back a few years ago they were able to score as well they were able to provide that secondary scoring it's not unlike when the Capitals won the cup in 2018 you go lower down the depth chart you were getting your contributions that postseason from the likes of Devontae Smith Pelly Lars Eller etc Tampa Bay had that now trying to fill the void Corey Perry among the veterans brought in in the offseason fresh faces in Tampa but to your point They brought most of the band back together from the bubble cup to last season. This year, a lot more turnover and some fresh faces there and trying to acclimate themselves accordingly. You mentioned Corey Perry, and in theory, I think it's a tremendous pickup. A guy that plays on an edge, a guy with playoff experience, a cup winner. I don't know what he has left in the tank. I guess they're going to find out. But this is, again, someone who you know goes through Dallas a little bit and then is kind of progressed his way here to Tampa. But if he has something left to give, that's a nice pickup for them. Well, he's always had snarl. I mean, he plays on the edge, and, and that's probably something when they are going through the grind of the 82-game campaign, maybe they're fatigued as a team as a whole, Tampa Bay, given what they've been through the past two years. You'd think Perry is someone who can potentially bring them into the fight, and I think maybe he has an axe to grind with some of those Lightning players as well, having lost to them in the Stanley Cup final each of the past two seasons. But he's played, had some deep postseason runs here, but certainly a guy who's hungry to win a second Stanley Cup, and again, a guy who's no fun to play against, a veteran like himself. As Barry Trotz used to say, you bring in a veteran like that, comes in with street credibility. I'm sure everyone on that team uh, will rally behind him as needed. Yeah, you're right. If you can't beat him, join him. Corey Perry's getting tired of getting beaten in the final, so he's going to play for the Lightning. I had a chance yesterday to catch up with J.J. Reagan from NBC Sports Washington talking about things on the home front with the Capitals after the opening night victory and looking ahead to Tampa Bay. Well, J.J., thanks for joining us here. A fun opening night, to be sure. I don't know how it could have gone any better. You get a full house back. Alex Ovechkin doing what he does best is thrill everyone. A couple of goals. Passes Dion. Now fifth all-time. Henrik Lapierre able to step in and get his first goal. Can't imagine, other than maybe Vitek getting that shutout, which got away from him in the third period, it could have gone any better. Yeah, if you were going to script the uh, perfect opening, uh, that would be pretty much it. The perfect start for Hendrix Lapierre, even though he did get a bit overshadowed by the grade eight afterwards. But a great way for him to start off his NHL career, getting that first NHL goal in front of all of his family, in front of all the fans, you know, Peter Laviolette talked about that after the game. This wouldn't have meant as much last year when there were no fans, so it was great to see him do it in front of the fans. It's great to see the Caps come out in a game that was highly anticipated, that even Gary Bettman said had their attention because everyone thought it would be a lot of fisticuffs, and it turns out it was the Caps flexing their muscles, but with their skill, and that didn't devolve into a brawl like a lot of people thought. 
it was going to, and it just turned into a great game for the Capitals and a great way for them to start off the season. We've talked in the last couple of weeks leading up into this season opening homestand that getting points on this particular homestand will be tough given who the opposition is. So very important that they got two in the bank already. Up next now, the two-time defending champs, Tampa Bay, going to be in tomorrow night. Not the greatest of openers for them. They've got a lot of flux in their forwards where a lot of the glue guys, the gourds off to Seattle and the Blake Coleman gone to Calgary and Barkley Goodrow, who we saw with the Rangers on Wednesday. They're trying to find their way a little bit. This is not quite as strong a team up front, at least not yet, than they were last year. You know, every year it seems we've been waiting for that team to go through a significant shuffle in the offseason. And every time they manage to find a way to keep most of their players with some salary cap gymnastics, this year I think we saw a lot of changes. And, and they're struggling with that a little bit. You also have to consider there's some attrition there with two straight Stanley Cup runs. They're working on less rest than a lot of other teams. Plus, you know, the, the opener, you see these openers go one of two ways when they raise the banner. There's the way the Caps did it when they just obliterate uh, Boston and ride off the emotion. And then there's what happened to Tampa Bay where it seems like all that emotion is sapped out of them when that banner gets raised. And there's not much left for that game. So I think the Capitals are going to see a very different Tampa Bay team. And that's going to be a much tougher opponent than the New York Rangers. You know, the, the Rangers are a good, skilled team, but a lot of that skill is young and underdeveloped, and they're still finding their way. That is not Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is very developed, and they're very skilled. And so this is going to be a much tougher task for the Capitals to follow up on what they were able to do against the Rangers. You mentioned salary cap gymnastics. The Capitals certainly going to have a little bit of that coming here at the end of the month. So the state of things between now and early November is that Nicholas Backstrom is on long-term injured reserve. And the good news for the short term is the Caps can pretty much do whatever they want as far as filling that void. They've got $9 million to play with. They've eaten up some of that. So the bad thing is that when Backstrom comes back, this is not a normal situation where you get to bank that money for later. It just goes poof. And you've got to be able to find a way to keep Faravari, to keep McMichael, potentially Hendricks Lapierre, who is playing himself at least after one game. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves here, but certainly a terrific showing in game one. You're going to be up against it, and Brian McClellan may have some decisions to make. They're not here yet, but by the time we get to the end of October, this is what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, this is going to be a tough decision, and it, it revolves around when you think Nicholas Backstrom is going to come back. Because that is what you have to plan for. And that's especially important for a guy like Hendricks Lapierre. You have to keep in mind the 10 games. Once he plays more than nine games, the first year of his entry-level deal kicks in. And you have to consider that. Yeah, he had a great opener. But for me, that doesn't change any of the calculus. I mean, to me, you still have to send him back to juniors. Because at some point, Nicholas Backstrom is coming back. And at some point, you're going to have to clear cap space. And you don't keep Hendricks Lapierre so that he can play 12 games and then send him back to junior because you can't afford him. You don't keep him. I mean, at some point, if he plays the way he did in the opener every night, there's no excuse not to keep him. You have to keep him at that point. But that was the opener. There was tons of emotion. It was a team that the Capitals were clearly better than, more skilled than. His family was there. Everything went right for him. What's going to happen on that random Tuesday game against an opponent where it's not the nationally televised game, it's you're in the grind of the regular season, you're starting to feel the wear and tear of an NHL season and, and the physicality of the NHL season. Does he look as good? 
If he does, then you have to have that conversation. But if not, you've got a Connor McMichael here who can play the same position as him, potentially. You've got to think of Martin Farivari, who clear to me, not only showed in the preseason that he belongs, but showed in the Rangers game that he definitely belonged, playing on the top pair with John Carlson. you got to be able to afford him. The guys to keep in mind are Hendricks Lapierre, Connor McMichael, the Martin Farivari, and the Beck Malenstein because they don't have to clear waivers. So Brian McClellan can get creative with that, send some people down. Maybe we see a few paper transactions. But I think the guy that a lot of people will focus on is Hendricks Lapierre. He played great. He's got a great future in the NHL. But a great opener and maybe a handful of good games coming up here, I don't think that changes the, his outlook you know, in the short term. Well, what you need for McMichael and for LaPierre is one way or the other, you need them playing. And if that's in Hershey, if that's in a Quebec Major Junior, or if that's in Washington. So to that point, if Connor McMichael isn't playing, he has the option to go to Hershey just to get games. You want him playing. Hendricks LaPierre maybe plays for now, but you have more options with McMichael because he can go up and down. So maybe part of what this is, too, is give LaPierre the opportunity now because McMichael is going to have plenty of opportunity later. And no doubt we're going to see him, even if it's not in October, and it may not be, but we're going to see him at some point. You know, I thought initially they may split. We may see one game here for LaPierre, one game for McMichael. But maybe they just go nine straight with LaPierre and, and let McMichael go to Hershey. And maybe they're just waiting for the start of the regular season. You don't need Connor McMichael to play preseason games in Hershey. And yeah, clearly, he looks like he's already above the, the AHL level with how he played last year. He's got nothing to prove in the preseason for the Bears. So maybe they keep him here until the start of the regular season. But you're absolutely right. For young guys like that, the most important thing is for them to play. And ultimately, a 50-50 split for the entire season in the NHL probably isn't ideal for them when they could be playing every game in the junior league, uh, in LaPierre's case, or every game in the AHL for McMichael. So Laviolette's got to keep that in mind. He's got to make that decision. It's great to have the two young guys here, but like I said, if Nicholas Backstrom is coming you know, in November or even December, if you're projecting him to come back at some point this season, you're going to have to trim one of those guys anyway. So better to plan for this and let one of those guys pile up some playing time so that he can develop. JJ, we appreciate you joining us. Have a great weekend, and I'll see the two-time defending champs tomorrow night. Anytime, John. Appreciate J.J. Reagan joining us from NBC Sports Washington as the Caps getting ready for the second game of the homestand tomorrow night against the Lightning. The Caps made some off-ice news yesterday after a very optional practice day. They acquired defenseman Dennis Chalosky off waivers from the Seattle Kraken. Chalosky was picked in the expansion draft from Detroit after being a first-round pick of the Red Wings back in 2016. He's 6'2", a little over 100 games of NHL experience. We'll find out later today what plans the Caps have for their new acquisition. In a corresponding move yesterday, the Capitals sending forward Beck Malenstein to AHL Hershey. It's the weekend, but a busy one for the Caps with Tampa Bay in town tomorrow night. That means a full day of programming tomorrow here on Caps Radio 24-7. Our extended pregame show, Caps Game Day, gets going at 4 o'clock. Ben, what do you got cooking for the show tomorrow? Yeah, looking forward to this. We'll bookend the Hendrix LaPierre NHL debut. We'll have the ultimate LaPierre debut montage. We'll bring that back. And also, looking forward to this, we'll be chatting with the Hall of Famer Marcel Dion. Perhaps you heard Alex Ovechkin having just passed Dion. Fifth most goals in NHL history. So we'll talk to the uh, sixth 
all-time goal-scoring leader. Marcel Dion, perhaps his first interview as the sixth all-time goal-scoring leader. He, he'd been five for a long time. He's six now. Marcel Dion, good stuff. Going to be have uh, going to have him on the show tomorrow. Uh, ben, in the meantime, as we get ready for the Lightning, uh, have yourself a great weekend. Happy weekend, John. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com. Or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.